The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyraCast. This is episode number 104, a special edition episode. My name is Joe Becker. I am one half of the team. The other half is... Michael Diaz. And this is a special episode because, hey, this is the first time we're going to review the Euro Cup. No, just kidding. Um, we, just, <laughs> we put this podcast off to watch the Euro Cup, and Michael and I had some disagreements as to how soccer should end. But uh, anyways, we're going to talk about Black Widow. This is a special Black Widow edition. We will have full spoilers for Black Widow. So please, if you have not seen Black Widow and you do not want to be spoiled, Come back and listen to this episode when you have seen the movie. Right, Michael? Anything? Exactly. Right. 100% spoilers from this, you know, if time it now. Right. If you, if you don't want to hear spoilers, stop. Come back later. Black Widow wins. See, there you go. I just gave a spoiler if you didn't listen. Black Widow wins? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, she won at the end. Kind of. Well, was there ever any doubt? No, because, and that's going to actually be part of some of my review. Um, Michael, how do you want to, you know, what I want to do, I kind of want to start, but I don't want it to be, um, I don't quite know how to start actually. Well, First of all, I, I liked the movie. I mean, I, let me get that out of, out of the way. I did like it. You like the movie, but that's what I'm getting from you. Well, I mean, it had everything against it. You know what I mean? Yes. Such as it should have been out a while ago. Oh, thank you. That's all right. So let's start negative then. So yeah, like, am, am I addition, like, um, like I like the movie. This is about, I don't want it to sound like I'm crapping on the movie because I'm not. It's a very good movie, and I had a fun time watching it. Uh, what it made me upset is like this should have been phase one or the beginning of phase two, and I feel like they got we got cheated because it wasn't. I agree, hundred percent. So. I want to say after the Avengers came out in 2012, mm -hmm. sometime after that, I don't know if it was after that exactly or one of the Captain America films, but I want to say about 10 years ago, which would fit uh, into that time frame, eight, eight to 10 years ago when my girls were still girls. Yep. They used to come to all the Marvel films with me and sometime in the last like two, three years, they were just done. Okay. Right. But they used to come to every one. And I want to say after the Avengers, they said, we want a Black Widow movie. And I said, well, hopefully they'll do that someday. They should. We shouldn't have had to wait. Now I get, okay, COVID year, fine. It was supposed to come out. Regardless of COVID, I think it, would, it should right. have. So it came out nine years after Avengers. And right. even if it had come out last year, that was eight years after Avengers. Right. It should have come out either right after Avengers and certainly no later than after Civil War. where the Exactly. Civil War I was going to say, yep, yep, 100% agree. Like right around Civil War time would have been really good. Yes. Um, 
And I think that's what hurt the movie because there's actually no consequence to this movie like in the timeline. So like it's a one-off. This is basically a one-off. Yeah. Which Marvel typically does not do. No. Now I get that Feige has said since, you know, the whole Avengers quadrilogy that was supposed to be a trilogy that they weren't doing trilogies anymore. And we're getting a fourth Thor movie. So I'm like, okay, that's what he means. We can keep doing more. Sure, they could. That's fine. But also by not doing trilogies, they can do a one-off like this, which... Well, I don't mean it's a one-off because it's just like, well, it's a one-off as in like, it doesn't even matter in terms of the timeline. Well, I mean, it, it does matter because this, okay, this is not to the same level in quality as Rogue One, but it did have that aspect that it had to go in to establish movies mm-hmm. and build a story between them right and be good now it, we all know i love rogue one it's one of my favorite if not my favorite star wars movie and in that sense this movie did accomplish that but i i hear what you're saying we already know she dies in endgame right so she's not gonna die here right she's not gonna <laughs> die here right right, right. The stakes aren't as high right now, so, and that's okay. Um, you know, other people could have, you know, uh, not saying they should have, but like they, they could have had some kind of consequence at the end. Maybe the parents die, you know, right. uh, where you just have the sisters left. Um, anyways, I, I just didn't, you know, from that aspect, like overall, I give the movie a seven. That's where I'm at on this out of 10, which I think is fair. Um, because of certain, like, it's not because it's a bad story. The story was great. I just, you know, you know where the, con- you know where it's going to go uh, pretty quickly. Like, she's not going to die. And some things, you know, I was kind of hyped about Taskmaster, and I don't think that quite lived up to what I wanted Taskmaster. And I don't even know much about that character, to be honest with you. But it didn't seem, it was cool when Taskmaster first came out on that bridge. That was an awesome scene. Yeah, uh, it seems that it. other than that bridge scene, Right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Almost every other scene with Taskmaster, Taskmaster, we saw in the trailer. Right. Just about. So now you could probably talk about that character more than I can. I, I know you can because I don't really know it. But I know there's a lot of people upset on the internet about that particular character and how it was handled. I don't mind. I mean, it didn't bother me at all. I just thought there could have been more. See, so obviously, you know, I'm the resident comic book geek here. Yeah. Um. And my approach is more like yours in that Marvel, the MCU has been taking the general ideas from the Marvel Universe and tweaking them a little bit to fit the cinematic universe. And I'm okay with that, you know? Mm -hmm. In, I mean, they changed Flag Smasher completely in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it fits and it makes more sense in today's society. Right. Um. Now, again, spoilers, making Taskmaster, uh, what was it? Uh, the daughter of. The daughter, yes. Drakeoff? Uh, Drakeoff, I think, yes. Yeah. Making him, or making her, sorry, not him, making her, right. you know, Taskmaster, it fit the story. In fact, I picked up on it maybe 30 seconds before the reveal. Right. I was like, and and once you once you once you see the reveal, you're like, it makes sense because she thought Drakeoff was dead, right? She assumed, and she's been beating herself up for years, thinking his his daughter was dead, right? Nope, 
So I get that there are some uh, comic book, you know, I don't want to say comic book originalists or purists or whatever you want to call them, something along those lines. They don't like change no matter what. And I kind of put those people in the same uh, category as some people got really pissed off that Idris Elba played Heimdall, right? Because in Norse mythology, well, in all the comics, you know, they made all basically almost all the Norse characters white, mm-hmm. which I get it. Okay. But they're gods. Who gives a shit? Right. Who cares if Heimdall's black? So, you know, there are the kind of people that still got up in arms that they made uh, Johnny Storm in the awful reboot of Fantastic Four Black when, you know, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, he was great. I liked him in that. Well, so I don't necessarily have a problem with them changing the race or even the gender of some of these characters. If it fits and makes sense for the story, that's fine. You know, they're not really trying to shoehorn anything. No, I thought it fit the story great. Exactly. It worked worked totally fine for me. Um, You don't have to follow the comics to a T. And in fact, they haven't throughout the, the movie cinema or the movie, exactly. you know, they, they make it fit what it's supposed to fit. Um, I did like the beginning a lot. I liked, you know, the kind of uh, like 90s family undercover. Um, the funny thing for me is how they can go in and out of their accent like a choice, which is funny. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden they're like talking perfect, you know, rush. Like if you're going to – that's the funny thing about the movie. Like if I have a, a criticism, like when when they're all kind of – when they escape from in the beginning – you know, and get back mm-hmm. to, to Russia, so to speak. And they're speaking English with a Russian accent. Just speak Russian and give me subtitles. Like right? there's no, there's no reason to speak in a Russian accent to another Russian. Like just speak Russian and get it over with. Like, why are you doing that? Right. Like, seriously, I, I get some people don't like subtitles, but you know, once they're in Russia in the movie, why are any of them speaking English? Right. That right. makes no sense. Speak right. Russian. It makes sense. And, and those are the things that knock the movie down for me. I get it from a, I guess, from, I don't know, uh, make it easier for the story for people to follow, but it's really not that hard. You know? Right. It's really not. Um, I mean, in comics, it's easier. You can just, like I've seen it before, like when they start speaking, you know, another language, they just put like, you know, brackets or carrots in it, so that way it's right. just translating, basically saying this is what they're saying, but it's Russian. Right. I get, it's hard that, to do that in a movie, but. Right. Just, just speak Russian. Right. So, I, I agree with you. In fact, it was funny, uh, that beginning scene. So, well, before we get to that, you actually went to the theater and watched it, right? I did. I did not. Oh, you ended up buying it, huh? Uh, or I sat at home. I will yeah, say yeah, that much. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was great. I, I, I was very happy to go to the theater. It wasn't packed. Um, we had no one sitting next to us, so... Uh, See, it was worth it. It was worth it. We had a nice dinner before that. And we went to, it was, it was like old times and good sound, but theater was nice. See, we really came close to going to see it in the theater and it wasn't anything about COVID really. Well, maybe a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm not worried. I'm vaccinated. Yeah. But the Delta variant going around and it's like, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. But it was more along the lines. And this is a quick, you know, tangent. We have our daughter's uh, graduation party next Sunday. You're right. And there were a lot of stuff we're getting done this weekend, and uh, I tried to convince Shaylee to take you know two and a half hours to go to the movie. She's like, "Yeah, but then we gotta we gotta drive there. We gotta go to the movie. We gotta do this and blah blah blah." 
So the only way I could really get it, convince her to watch it was to like Friday night. So let's just watch this real quick. Right. So we did. Fair enough. I still want to go back to the theater. I think this movie deserves to be seen in the theater, even though I did yeah, there's see some it. Great, so little... There's some great shots in that movie, like, you know, for action. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm envious of you in that point. But when we started it, um, that whole, you know, hometown Ohio, mm-hmm. whatever, Main Street, Ohio, or however you want to call it. Um, at first, she's like, are we watching the right movie? Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. It's origin like, flashback. Right. Who are these girls? What's going on? But I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the right movie. And as soon as we see Rachel Vice, I was like, okay, I knew hundred percent because I knew she was in it. So, right. But yeah, I liked, I liked the beginning, but I also like the fact, I mean, I love that it's action. It's boom. Yeah. It's, you yep. know, right from the beginning, boom. And then, you know, flashes to Natasha after they serve Covian Accords and they're chasing her down there and then she gets away and then, you know, we meet Taskmaster. It's just, it doesn't let up a lot. And no. then there's like, in the third act, it slows down a bit. But there's a lot of action. And dare really dare I say there might be, there, I might say there might be too much combat fighting hand-to-hand. Um, I think there was just the right amount, but I, I can see where you're coming from. It's like, I'm not going to die on that hill. I, I can see your point. Yeah. I mean, first of all, um, Florence Pugh is great. So for anybody who was worried about maybe the next generation of Black Widow, I thought she was phenomenal in this. I don't know. How'd you feel? Oh, she's she stole the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, she was good. Maybe, and maybe you know, that's a... a a nod to um, to Scarlet. Maybe she helped her do that to, to move on. I don't know. Yeah, Scarlet, yeah. Scarlet was very good. I mean, that's another knock on Scarlet. Scarlet's fantastic in this film as well, but there are scenes with Florence, like when, you know, obviously, so the whole gist of the movie, the whole framework of the movie is family. And what right. is family and what's real and what's not when it comes right. to family. And you see, um, Obviously, with Black Widow, she's been struggling with the whole time since the beginning of basically the MCU with having a family, right? She doesn't have one. She feels like she has no one. Right. That's why, you know, she really got into S.H.I.E.L.D. because S.H.I.E.L.D. was like, you know, her family with, you know, with Clint and, you know, you know, um, Nick Fury and all that. And then the Avengers kind of became her family. So I like that whole theme, but... um, Going back to uh, Florence Pugh, I mean, there were scenes like when she was in the bedroom and Red Guardian came in to talk to her, she was able to be vulnerable, but not weak. Right. Like when she, I mean, for her, she was very much the little sister in this film and carried that through, even though she was a cold-blooded, you know, assassin, whether she wanted to be or not, she still had that sense of family. And for her, it was always real. And that kind of reflects the fact that she was so much younger. She was, what, six when all that went down? Roughly, yeah. So, whereas Scarlet, or I should say, you know, Natasha, they didn't really say how old she was when they left, but she looked like maybe 12, early teens, somewhere there. Enough to know what's going on. Yeah, enough to know what's going on, but enough also to be, well, you know, a little bit jaded because she's a teenager. 
or maybe right. right on the cusp of teenage of her teenage years. And so for her to realize it was all bullshit, you know, that really hurt her too, but because, you know, of that teenage, you know, angst, she tried to pretend like it didn't affect her, but it did. It did. So both of them were fantastic, but I, I do think, like I said, Florence Pugh, she didn't necessarily upstage Scarlet. No. She fit right in. It's if this movie is the handing of the baton, like most people think it is, the character of Black Widow is in fantastic hands. Yeah, and obviously there's a twist at the end that we'll we'll get to, but um, I did like the sisters fighting when they met. I mean, yes, I don't think they were fighting to the death. It was more of a we're gonna take this. They really went at it though. It wasn't like you know they're throwing people against the wall. And I loved how how um. Uh, Yelena would make fun of her superhero pose. <laughs> oh my know? God, that was <laughs> that was great. But you know what? The MCU is now what twelve years old, mm-hmm. something like that. I like that kind of self-referential humor because it has to poke fun of itself a little bit to kind of remain fresh and relevant. Right. So the fact that she did that and she gets down and does it. <laughs> so, so, so. But then later in the movie, when she falls out of the ceiling. Right. And lands like that. And then she gets through. She was gross. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. yeah. I I like those nods to the the ridiculousness of it. But also, I don't know. It, it just worked. It was just, it was a very well-written movie. It was. And David Harbour was perfect. I liked oh, him a yeah. lot. I mean, he just makes you... He's just a, he's, he is a dad. It's funny. He is a dad in that movie, regardless of like dumb jokes and the, you know, trying to fit in his clothes again. And, you know, um, he's just cast, well, perfectly cast. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it's easy. I mean, not that he's typecast, but you know, seeing him as Hoff in stranger things, right. Where he's a dad as well, or unfortunately a dad to a, you know, a little girl that has passed. He plays that dad role well. Yeah. So, but it was great to see him as a past his prime, you know, Captain America clone, whatever. But I'd really like to know, for me, who was he really fighting? Because obviously he was not fighting Captain America in 1983. Right. I don't doubt that he fought someone. And maybe it's just a throwaway line, but we don't see a lot of those in Marvel. No, we don't. We already know that in the 50s or in the Korean War, there was Isaiah, who was the super soldier that we saw in Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Right. And then we know they took him and tested him and put him in prison and let him out. But it seems the U.S. has been trying, at least since World War II, to try and replicate that super soldier technology. I mean, that's how Hulk came to be in The Abomination. They were, again, testing that super soldier serum right. or a version thereof. So it makes me wonder, maybe not necessarily Captain America, but there was someone, probably a super soldier of some sort, working for the U.S. government in the 80s. But who was it? Don't know. Or could Steve Rogers have been working clandestine for the U.S. government to help you know, do some things behind the scenes. Maybe that doesn't sound like a Steve Rogers thing in this universe. 
It doesn't. It doesn't. But let me just throw this out there. And I don't know how much I believe this myself, but let me just throw this out there. Well, wait, wait. According to according to the Marvel timeline, Steve Rogers is frozen at this time, so he couldn't have been working with them in the eighties. Yes, he was. However, he did go back in time to live his life with Peggy. Fair. And one of the arguments we've had, or discussions we've had, I should say, is that so he knew Bucky was being tortured and uh, brainwashed in floor in in Russia, and he did nothing about it. So maybe there was a maybe Steve Rogers. Knowing that you know his a version of him was frozen in the ice, and he knew a bunch of stuff, could he have been working clandestine in certain ways? Maybe he actually did fight the Red Guardian at some point, looking for Bucky. It's Maybe it would, it would throw the timeline way out. Like you can't, you can't. He, would, he knows I he would. He would. He, it would. It wouldn't work because then he would know that if he came back as um, Joe Biden at the end of. <laughs> that those guys wouldn't actually be there because it would be uh, totally messed up. Yes, his name is Joe Biden. Joe Biden, that's right. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. No, I, I realize what I'm saying is a huge stretch, but Red Guardian fought someone. It is possible he fought Captain America in that particular instance. I'm just, I mean, like I said, I don't know how much you believe it myself, but it is possible now. Well, we'll find out, I guess, or they'll just leave it. And probably nothing else will come of it because, for one thing, I personally wanted to know more about Red Guardian and the fact that he was obviously, like I said, a Captain America esque clone, right? An analogous Russian version. Not not nearly as good. No, 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 <laughs> not nearly. Um, he was obviously strong. They showed him when he, you know at the beginning when they right. was at the airfield and he tosses something. The he obviously has super, super yeah. strength, and he he pr- probably uh, is aging not not as fast. But um, we already know Winter Soldier was part of the aborted um, Super Soldier program because Russia went one way, right? And they created all those other ones that were obviously killed. By uh, Daniel, well, by uh, Baron Zemo. But um, how many different versions of the Super Soldier program was Russia working on? Because obviously Red Guardian was a form of that. Right. I'd like to know. But will we ever get to know? Probably not. No. What did you think of? So one thing that bothered me a little bit was that whole pheromone thing. That, well, was yeah, a, that, was, that was a bit of a stretch, I think. Well, okay, I get it, but it's easily defeated. If you have to smell him, then uh, just take him out with a sniper rifle. Yeah, if you have to be that close, right? If it's right. A fa- right. If it's pheromones, then it's not going to work from you know a hundred yards away. No. Yeah, it's not like Order sixty six. You know, it's, it's implanted in them. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I had a little trouble with that. Um, and I don't know if that guy was actually scary enough for me, Drake Goff. I don't know. You know, Ray, it was Ray Winstone, right? Uh, sure. I don't know. He's great. I like him in most things I've seen him in. Uh, you might know. Yeah, him it's better him. As, That's uh, what it is. You might know him better. He was in um, The Departed as uh, Jack Nichols, uh, Jack Nicholson's uh, basically right hand man. Right. He so, wasn't a bad actor or anything like that. No, it was fine. No. 
don't know. What else? So we've talked about, obviously, the bad is the fact that they took too long to put this movie out. And I, we started with that. We've talked about what we liked. It started with a bang, almost literally. Mm-hmm. What else did you like, Joe? Um, I mean, I just like the relationship between the family. I like that a lot. Um, I like that there might be hundreds of Black Widows out there. That could be interesting down the road. Um, I like, like I said, I liked uh, Florence Pugh a lot. I thought she was the best and she was great. It was a good, nice handoff. Um, I don't like the fact that there wasn't one other... I don't know. I'd like to have seen Nick Fury or somebody. I guess. I don't know why. I can kind of see that, but also you got to remember, at this point, S.H.I.E.L.D. is still gone because of HYDRA. And it's right after Civil War. And as far as everyone knows, well, at the end of Civil War... No, allegedly they're all on the raft. There's only one person out there, and that's Steve Rogers. Right, because he shows up at the end of Civil War to get them all out of the raft. Mm -hmm. But at this point in time, uh, everyone thinks um, Nick Fury's dead. And as we saw later, we think he's actually been off with the scrolls for a while at this point. So maybe that's why he didn't show up. Sure. Fair. But yeah, it would have been... And obviously, Bart's on the raft, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like there was could have been something. I don't know what though. I don't know what I'm looking for there. Well, I, I do agree with you. I like the family aspect of this movie. In fact, uh, I thought this was the most Fast and Furious esque of the Marvel movies. <laughs> it was absolutely. Well, they kept was. going to family, but also, I'm sorry when that. When uh, Taskmaster launches that explosive arrow and flips their BMW SUV and it lands upside down and slides and then, I mean, I'm sorry, they're dead right there. Yeah. But then it somehow ends up down in the subway system and they get up and, yes, Yelena has a small flesh wound. Nobody survives that. No, you got to remember these guys are human women, not guys. They're all human. They're not uh, enhanced in any way. Right. And- even the fall from the, what would you call it? The, the, that spaceship, the, um, the floating, the platform, the red room. Yeah. And you know, she, um, Scarlet and Scarlet, it's not the, <laughs> Natasha, Natasha gives, it gives, um, her sister, the back, uh, parachute. parachute. Like she flies on, you know, and then, then she goes off and then she still falls. Like she like grabs on it. Like that's a pretty big fall. And she's fell a few yeah. times in this movie without breaking anything. Yes. So some of that was a little like Spider-Man you can get cause he's enhanced or Iron Man with a suit you get Captain America you get, but her, it's like, no, she's still, what makes her great is that she's a human that, you know, can do extra things, but I don't know about that. And that's fine. It's a superhero movie though. Right. But. Right. She's not superhuman. Like, I would expect those things from any of the super soldiers, like we saw in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too. Even uh, even Falcon, he's a normal, unenhanced human. Right. He does some amazing stuff, but most of it is done with his gear, right. his suit. Right. He is not super strong like Steve was. 
Um, I mean, shoot um, suit to make up for that. But whereas <laughs> Bucky and uh, what's his face, uh, no, you know, U.S. agent, they've now been enhanced. So if they were falling and getting hurt like that, we already know super soldiers heal super fast. But they're not that. Now, who's Rick Mason? Like he's kind of a new character in this, but they really made it look like you know they've had a lot of history with him. The guy who finds all the safe houses, but I was a little put off by that. Like we've never seen him in any other movie. And we're, it feels like we're supposed to know who he is. And they didn't really explain him very well. Well, they obviously, he has some kind of chemistry with uh, Black Widow. I'm not familiar with him from the comics, so if he does exist in the comics, I'm not aware. But I didn't have the biggest problem with that in the fact that we knew she started as a super spy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she has safe houses in different places. I'm... You know, it doesn't surprise me being someone that worked in, you know, uh, intelligence and covert operations. She has her own unknown contacts with people to get her stuff. So that part didn't surprise me. It would have, yes, it may have been better if we had seen a reference to him somewhere before. Right. Because you're right. He does seem like he was just kind of made up whole cloth out of the, out of the blue. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, he, it, it is, a uh, um, she is compromised. Somebody knows who, where she is. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so. But like I said, I'm not a hundred percent surprised that she, she has her own contacts that can hook her up when needed. And obviously he was one of those. So, but I, I can get the criticism of well, where the hell did this guy come from? <laughs> So, it's a valid concern. Well, it looks like it did pretty well, if you want to talk about money-wise. It took in about $220 million, roughly, over the weekend, which is pretty good with COVID around the world. This, that's that's global uh, numbers, not, not U.S. numbers. Um, so, that's good. That's good. It's getting rewarded for, for being put in the theater. Um, that's including the uh, Disney plus money, not just the box office. Yeah. Um, Which is good. I mean, some people can't, can't get, uh, can't get to the theater for whatever, especially if you're in a country, maybe that, um, you know, still, it's still 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 a bit of a mess. Right. Right. Or if you're in Texas, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So all in all, I mean, I don't think, I mean, like I said, it's, it's not the best Marvel movie, but it's also not, it's not the first two Thor movies, right? Well, I like the it's, first Thor movie a lot, so the second one's there, uh, right? But. Yeah, this, but in, in the greater scheme, it's not the best Marvel movie, and it's definitely not the worst. But that said, and I defend it as well, because I actually liked Thor Dark World, even though you know, whatever. Um, again, I don't feel Marvel's had a misstep. And I don't think this is oh, it either. Oh, not even close to a misstep. Right, that's what the, I'm saying. The misstep is they should have done it in phase two. That's a big misstep on, on my end, but it's still a good movie. Yes, let's go back to that in a second, because there is more to say in that. In fact, yes. When we first meet her, she's basically... A woman for hire Tony Stark to ogle, right? 
Well, she's a plant-based shield. Right, but they put her there when she's a former model and blah, blah, blah. And he comes in and he says, I want one of those. Well, because they know his weak, like, because S.H.I.E.L.D. knows who Tony Stark is. Like, they just know. I understand that. But even her costume was very cleavagey and all that stuff. Right, on purpose. First appearance, she had long, wavy curls. Wig. (laughs) It was bad wig. Yeah, but still. It's not till later, in the last you know few times we've seen her this movie, and like the last two Avengers and whatnot, she became much more tactical looking, right? Which she should. Well, it's kind um, of the same thing as Thor. Like the first Thor, if you look at him, like he's, he's even has more blonde hair. His eyebrows are are uh, colored blonde. Like he's a lot more like the comic book. And then, then after a while, they just becomes Chris Hemsworth. So just like this one, after a while, he just became Scarlett Johansson. Like I'm just gonna come to work with my regular hair. Right? You're not going to put a yeah. wig on me anymore. If you look at the first Thor versus Ragnarok, you're like, yeah. oh my God. The first one is Thor and the last one is Chris Hemsworth. Right. <laughs> yeah, dyeing his eyebrows was a bit much. I'm glad they it, it, it was a bit much, him. but he was more Thor. Yes. By the time it's Ragnarok, it's Chris Hemsworth with a beach haircut. You know, short in the right. way he wants it, you know. Um, and then by Endgame, it's the big Thorbowski. Right. <laughs> But so. I, I guess what I wanted to say is she comes in as like, you know, this this kind of sex object. But even like in Avengers, they show her worth and her value on the team. I mean, yeah, she has those little pistols and she's shooting at people. But there's this whole scene where she's talking to Loki. That's great. Yeah. One of the best scenes of the and, movie. Yes. And she uses her, her wit and her guile and everything like that. Her spy knowledge. To divulge. Yes. Her, his whole plan. It's it brilliant. It's brilliant. It shows that she can stand with these super-powered individuals because she's actually the smartest freaking one of the bunch. Well, I mean, this was this movie that we just watched is a James Bond movie in, in a way. Oh, hell yeah. So, I mean, it's very good. Uh, it's a spy movie. And, and I, you know, all right, let's jump to end credit scene. Because where do you think uh, it didn't go where I want? I thought it was going to go. I should say where I wanted it to go, but where I thought it would go. Um, I thought Nick Fury would be there at the end to recruit um, because clearly it's after Endgame. She, we don't know if she ever blipped out. We don't know. Right. You, know you know what I mean? It was after all of it. So we, there, we don't have, you know, there's a lot of time in between uh, the end of the Black Widow movie and that end scene credit, like a lot of time. Yes. Years. And uh, so we don't know what she's been doing all those years. Obviously, maybe working for um, uh, yeah. Valentina. Was that her name? Yeah. Or yeah. Val for short. Val, right. In, in that time frame. Um, I I was, uh, I, I thought at the gravesite, and that's, that's where I, I thought like at that gravestone, I was waiting to turn around and see Barton um, there. That's, that's what I thought was going to happen. Uh, but instead it was Val. And I, and what did you think about that to make it look like what, what Val showed her, like to go after Barton? Um, well, what this does, is this going to go into Hawkeye you think, or is it going to go? Well, she's well here's like, the thing. We already, so just based on casting news, we already knew that Florence Pugh was going to show up in Hawkeye. That's right. Doing what? People, you know, I think I just assumed, like most everyone else, well, she's a black widow now, so it makes sure that it makes sense that she appears, right? She could be the, the 
the antagonist. Now, yes, now she could be the, one of the antagonists because before I was like, well, if if Florence Fuse Black Widow, uh, maybe he's kind of you know for what uh, Natasha did for him, maybe he's going to take her under his wing and show her some stuff. Well, she's going to come kill him. That's what I thought before this movie. Oh, gotcha. So when we heard, when I had heard that she was cast already and going to show up somewhere in Hawkeye series, I thought, well, maybe he's going to teach her some things. But now that we've seen this, no, she could very well be the antagonist. And what I think this is, is a clear indication that phase four, either by the end of phase four or beginning of phase five, somewhere in this realm, Marvel is setting up two new franchises. The first one is Young Avengers which we've already talked about that a lot. Mm-hmm. The second is Thunderbolts. That's 100% what's going on. Okay. That's my thought. Because Val is basically like the evil Nick Fury. Right. And that's, but man, I don't want to see the other Captain America anymore. <laughs> You're going to. I know. I, don't, I, I Well, he's not next to Captain America anymore. It's the, um, what was he called? U.S. agent. U.S. agent. Meh. Meh. We're going to see him again. Yeah, hopefully he dies. Done with him. Um, We're going to see him again. I know, but it's not going to be good. This this is maybe where their missteps will come because there's nobody yet that has the charisma of, of the Avengers yet. Certainly not him. No, no, no. But we're going to have more Avengers movies of that. I have no doubt. But if it's, di- way? if it's Disney Plus, fine. Like, like some streaming stuff, but that guy, they're not going to carry a film with, with them right now. No, but they could be in the antagonists in like a fifth or sixth Avengers film. Mm. We'll see. I don't, I don't think they have enough you weight. you have this other group made of the new Black Widow, U.S. Agent, um, many other characters that could be part of it as well. That's the thing. Thunderbolts, I mean, think of it this way. We've already seen... Thunderbolt Ross again in this movie, mm-hmm. pushing, uh, chasing her down because of the Sokovian Accords. And everyone kind of just put that aside when Thanos showed up to destroy the world and the blip happened and all that. But the Avengers were still obviously working what was left of them, trying to keep the world together. And back to my earlier point where uh, Natasha showed herself as one of the smartest she was running the Avengers during after uh, during Endgame, right? Right. She was running them. She, super smart and a born leader. But now the world's kind of coming back to normal. And now we have these incidents where, number one, you had Captain America murder someone on TV. And now there's a new Captain America in the form of Sam Wilson. Who's going to obviously go back to the Avengers. Um, Also, they're not going to be able to hide the fact that Wanda took over a town and brainwashed them. Took them over. And again, she's an Avenger. So I think what Val is doing is assembling uh, a team that reports to the U.S. government and enforces the Sokovian Accords. If if they don't report to the U.S. government, they're going to report to the U.N. But they're going to be somehow some kind of sanctioned government sanctioned team and they're going to be like we're going to follow the Sokovian Accords we're going to do this that and the other 
and this team is going to be under someone's thumb, maybe doing nefarious things, thinking they're doing the right thing because they're government-backed. The Avengers are never going to be government-backed, and eventually there's going to be some kind of friction that brings the two teams, the Avengers versus the Thunderbolts. That's where I see the MCU going. I can't argue that. Though, so, but I'm not saying that they're going to do a Thunderbolts movie necessarily, but I think they are going to assemble the Thunderbolts and we might see them in different streaming shows, as you've already suggested. And I do think we'll start to see them in the movies. And maybe not right away, but we're going to see bits and pieces and then eventually they're going to become a team and I can see them being antagonists in either Avengers 5 or 6. That's what I think. What did you think of um, the opening credits with uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit? You know what? I know it's become a cliche to take uh, these pop songs from 10, 15, 20 years ago, if not older, and turning them into these dirges. But I really fucking liked it. I I liked it. it. I thought it worked too. And then one of the songs I hate, I can't stand, seemed to fit pretty well in here was American Pie. Yes, yes. Well, that song's all right. I, I don't love I, it. Like no, some I hate that it. song. It's a terrible song. <laughs> Why do you hate that song? Fucking, how many times can you sing that goddamn verse? It's, it's just, it's just, it's just too long. I know. Anytime, anytime La Bamba or the Big Bopper comes up, someone's got to talk about American Pie because that's the day the music died. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Anyway, um, but that song is. For a Russian girl in the 80s, right. you don't get much more American than that song, other than doing Pink Houses by John Mellencamp, right? Right. Something like that. Right. Anyways, I was I just thought it was funny. The The opening was kind of nice. Um, no, I've actually heard some complaints about, you know, doing that version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. My first thought was, I mean, I recognized it immediately, and I was like, yep. wait a sec. That Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yep, yep, but then yep. I was like, it works. God damn it, it works. So just to kind of wrap things up and get keep going a little bit, we've got a release schedule coming up of Marvel. Like the back half of this year is going to be flooded, right? So you got Shang-Chi coming out uh, September 3rd, and then the Eternals, and then Spider-Man. Eternals November 5th, and Spider-Man December 17th. So three more Marvel films. Three more Marvel films. Um I, I'm looking for. I can't wait for Shang Chi. I was telling Michelle, she's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh, I just want to see a good kung fu movie. I cannot wait to see Shang Chi." <laughs> I didn't realize you were such a kung fu movie fan. Uh, Bruce Lee is one of my early, early favorite people to watch. I've watched so many of his films from the old Chinese Connection, the old ones that they renamed, dubbed, and brought back. And uh, I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. So I thought he didn't only do like three or four. Uh, he did a lot more that were different cuts from different from China. Gotcha. Um, maybe five or six, something like that, counting all of them. Not many. Gotcha. Um, but I used to watch, you know, uh, the Green Hornet, with Cato. I was I loved Bruce Lee. <laughs> He's the oh, best. Yeah. And then they had a the crossover on the Batman show. And there's a no flipping way that Robin would come close to <laughs> beating Cato. Sorry. <laughs> But um, a lot's coming up, a lot coming up, and this the this is an it was this was a nice send off for for Natasha. It was a nice 
was a fun movie. It was a good movie. It's a little too late, uh, a lot too late. Um, but glad they put it out. Glad it's out there. It just didn't have the consequences in the timeline other than giving us, uh, you know, Yelena. Yeah, that's the biggest disservice. And in fact, uh, maybe we'll, I'll put a link out when we do the story, but Refinery did a nice article on this movie that I think people should read and really kind of encapsulates how this movie is too late and is almost a disservice in that she deserves so much more and she finally starts to get that in this movie. And there's no more coming because she's dead. Right. And I think Black Widow deserved more. This movie, like I said, that doesn't take away from this movie. No, nope. I thought this movie was fantastic as well. It was, uh, I thought ScarJo, you know, was fantastic in it. Forrest Pugh, everyone was good in it, right? There was not a bad actor in this film. Um, and the action was go, go, go. There was one little point where it got slow maybe in the last uh, third of the movie. Um, but that's a minor gripe. It's, it, it's, it wasn't very slow. Um, but I, my biggest regret is that I would have liked to have seen more solo Black Widow films with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. So before we go, I gave it a seven. Michael, where did you, what are you giving it? I want to say eight, but I know me and I like to go to extremes. It's hard for me to say either something is either a hit or shit. There's a, it's either a 10 or a one. And I have hard to do that whole middle. That's just me. <laughs> God, that's an awful way to be like you either love no. it or hate it completely. That's terrible. There's a lot of well, middle no, ground. I, I tend to, I, I mean, I realize I have this about me. So I, I tend to go to the streams, this extremes. This movie is not a 10, not by any means. Um, but if you like the Marvel universe, yes, you have to watch it. And I'm jealous. You saw it in the theater. I think people should go see it in the theater if they're if you're comfortable doing so. So I think, I think I want to say eight, but I think I have to agree with you and say it's probably a seven, seven, five. Yeah. Yep. I'll go seven, five. Cause I, I think, I think I liked it a little bit more than you, but not a lot more. It's possible. That's all. That's all. Cool. I think that'll do it for this episode of uh, Black Widow Review. Um, coming up this week, we're going to have another episode where we get back into the groove with, we'll have the finale of Loki. That'll be this week. Yeah. And Loki's four, five, and six we haven't covered yet. I know. So we just finished that series with uh, one podcast and some great bad batches that have come and gone. Um, so we've got a lot to catch up on after our, both of us, I, I took a vacation and Michael took a vacation and then we tried, but we just, we just decided to make it a vacation without any, <laughs> without any announcements. But, uh, that's what you can do when you're not getting paid to do a show. We just, we try to fit it into our life and, um, <laughs> that's, that's the way we're going to do but it. Did you so. have a good vacation, Joe? That's the big question. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Really yeah, good. We had a good vacation as well. Awesome. So if it's your first time listening to the episode because of the Black Widow review, hey, thanks for stopping by. Check out some other episodes. Um, if you're coming back to listen, we thank you very, very much. If you want to give us uh, some help, you can, you know, rate us on your favorite podcatcher from Apple, Google, all those fun places, Spotify. And um, if you want to get in touch with us, Michael will tell you how to do that. Well, you can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at kybercast or you can find us on facebook we have both a page and a group at the kybercast cool 
Thank you all for listening, and that'll do it for this special edition Black Widow review. Until next time, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.